We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in Friday Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. And we have a final from the LSU Sports Network of the baseball team taking game one of the Round Rock Classic 7-3 over Kansas State. Uh, Paul Skeens now 2-0 and on the season. Pretty good. He'll take it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my analysis. That's what you want. That's what you want to see. Yeah. And we'll have more Tiger action, obviously, uh, tomorrow on WWL. The, you know, it's really tough to watch this game on television. You have to have a special D1Baseball.com pass. So uh, listening on the radio is pro- your free and best bet. Yeah, that's that's been my problem with, you know, if, if it sounds like my LSU baseball analysis has not been particularly inspired, it's because I haven't really gotten a chance to watch a lot of these games because they're on at such weird times. Like I wasn't really able to watch the opener because it was at 3 o'clock and I was working, and this one obviously in the middle of the day on a Friday makes it difficult. So I'm looking forward to some of these nighttime uh, first pitches that I can you know sink my teeth into a little bit better well unfortunately for you the weekend is going right. to be two afternoon games right. tomorrow we've got a pre-game 11 30 11 30 uh, pre-game coverage 12 o'clock first pitch then Sunday uh 3 30 and a four o'clock first pitch and tomorrow's Iowa and Sunday is against Sam Houston State yeah yeah lots of LSU baseball action here for you and I know that the um the women's basketball team also will be back in action Sunday. They keep tearing it up. Uh, another uh, not surprised double-double from our girl Angel, Angel Reese. That's all she does. I think it's their regular season finale on Sunday against Mississippi State. Right, then it's time to get ready for the SEC tournament. Yeah, and I believe they've already clinched second. second and right. I, do not, I, mean, I mean, the math would dictate that they cannot get the first. Um, I so, think it would have to be something like South Carolina l- loses, loses their next two. Yeah, exactly. Which, I, which you know – that's it could happen, happen but right. it's not going to happen so let's just just stop that right there um but yeah so that's i am very interested because obviously you know if all if the chalk holds you could see a rematch in the sec championship and i think that this lsu team if they had like their learning experience and that they really needed at south carolina and now if you get that rematch it's like okay what did you learn are you better than than you showed? And that's always fun. That's always that's what the what's great about sports is you always get another. Well, you don't always get another chance. Sometimes you do, and uh, it reminds me of um, if you go back to the twenty two thousand seven, uh, the Giants played the Patriots in the final game of the regular season, and they lost. And that was the Patriots team that everyone was like, no one's ever going to beat this team. But like the Giants did just enough that they were like, oh, we can play with this team. And then they met in the Super Bowl and they won. And it was like if they didn't have that kind of week seventeen game that they lost, they probably don't win the Super Bowl. Um, so this is a this is kind of my long form way to say, yeah, yeah LSU bet them. The uh, Lady <laughs> Tigers. It's going to be Senior Night on Sunday, and I was surprised when I looked at the roster. There's only two on uh, this squad. The rest are all, you know, Kim Mulkey's, you know, recruits that she's brought in. The other two uh, that were already on this team. You have Alexis Morris. And then also Emily Ward. 
Uh, those are only two seniors that will be honored on Sunday, Senior Day. Well, I mean, that's part of what makes the young players and in women's basketball. The players typically stay four years. It's incredible. I, I can't remember the last player that left after three years in, in women's basketball. So you're going to get these young players are going to be there for the duration. And so they're just going to get better. Getting into the next segment, Jeff, we're going to break out our never, never, ever too early mock drafts projections. And I, I know it's my first one. I think it's your 1.0 as well. Yes. Yes. I mean, I've done mocks. I just haven't published publicized them. them. Yes. We even got Charlie Long involved in this. I, I, I asked him uh, if he was interested in doing a three-round mock draft for the Saints uh, before coming in today, letting him know. I thought you were talking about doing 100 picks, Steve. I was just like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do yes. that much. Make no, all no, of we, the picks we, for every NFL we're team. We're just going to do the three picks for the Saints. The rest were definitely simulated by the Pro Football Focus site. And obviously there's going to be a ton of questions uh, with that as well because you know we're still – heading into the combine next week and draft boards are just all over the place right now. Right. And you're going to be annoyed with like <laughs> the player I picked because he's not going to be there, blah, blah, blah. Well, don't tell me tag pro football <laughs> focus on Twitter and tell them they're dumb because I didn't make these decisions. All I know is the guy who's on the board, I'm going to take. So that's where we did. Yeah, definitely. And you know, that's what's funny to me. When you look at this, some, some of the names you see that come up either uh, when you're picking at 29 uh, on the clock, some aren't names aren't expected to be there at all. Also, the names later on, like in your third, fourth round kind of thing, I was surprised. Uh, there's just some names that you don't expect to be there. Um, we'll, we'll get into it more after the break here on WWL, where we dive into mocking the NFL draft. Uh, ahead we're of mock it. Yeah, we're going to mock it indeed on WWL. Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak, and also we'll get Charlie Long's thoughts too on the NFL draft coming up uh, in April and the NFL Combine, which is starting next week. On Yikes. Coming back with more here on WWL's Friday Sports Talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
Back on Sports Talk, want to hear from you on the Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line before we get to Tony in New Orleans. Major foul on Steve saying that there were only two LSU women seniors being honored on Sunday. I also forgot about two graduate students in Ladeja Williams and Jasmine Carson, so apologies on that front. How dare you? I know. So four seniors for the LSU women's basketball team getting honored on senior day. Uh, big finale for the the women's team, and then it's off to the SEC tournament. And like you said, Jeff, hopefully it'll boil down to that big matchup in the finale of South Carolina again yep. against LSU. Take care of business. Get yourself a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Worst case scenario. Tony in New Orleans wants to talk. The man, Andy Dolan. What you want to say, Tony? Yeah, yeah, I was talking about Andy Dalton. Yes, I sir. say Andy Dalton is lucky to be a backup quarterback because the things I've seen, he sit there and he hold the ball and hold the ball when there's nobody to throw it to instead of taking off, running the ball for a three-yard first down or getting rid of the ball, you stand up and hold the ball and hold the ball and take a sack. So I say he's lucky to be a backup well, quarterback. He in is the first very chance, slow. The Saints, well, the Saints need to, they need to get rid of him as soon as yesterday. Well, he is, he he is a free agent, so he money. might not be brought back. Yeah, well, stop spending money on these used-up quarterbacks and get a real running quarterback over here by the Saints. I mean, they, they did sign him for like $1 million, I mean, $3 million over one season. I feel like he was a pretty good discount. But I, I hear what you're saying. I They need to get younger. I, I would not hate Andy Dalton as a backup, but – no, I don't want to see him as the starter any more than you do. I, well, Tony's even saying he's lucky to be a backup quarterback. Oh, yeah, I, was, <laughs> was I wasn't sure up. where that was going. I was nervous for a second. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, that's not – I have no issue with him as a backup. I think he's a premium backup. You need a backup. You need a guy you can trust to go in there and do the job. Um, but I think that's where he is in his career. He's 36 years old. Yeah, I wonder, you know, Andy getting the opportunity to lead the Saints last season. It was like, hey, wait a minute. I, I'm just supposed to be – the. You know, the second guy here, Jay, this was supposed to be Jameis's team. It is funny because he, he the, the first time we talked <laughs> yes, to him, right. he was so Clearly open said about it. the right. fact that he is not here to be the starter. He was not here to be the starter. I'm here to help Jameis and blah, blah, blah. But then, like, by week four, it was like, oh, he's the starter now. Um, and, like, it, 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 if he had come in with a different attitude in terms of, like, yeah, I'm here to compete to be the starter, then it would have been like, oh, okay, well, you know, it makes sense. See, this is why you brought him in in the first place, but you clearly did not. Like, the conversation around bringing him in was not that you were going to be competing to be the starter, which is just kind of kind of funny how that worked out. Yeah, I don't think the question here, obviously, with Andy Dalton is that the Saints don't need an upgrade at the quarterback position, but what I think we're saying is the fact that if you have a – you're going to bring in someone – from the draft or maybe a young free agent kind of thing, having Andy Dalton waiting in the wings uh, to help groom and as an emergency in case there is an injury, he's not a bad option to turn to. But, yeah, I'm not saying I want, I'm, I'm going with him week one and plan to have my run at winning the NFC South with Andy Dalton as my prime guy. Right, and one of the reasons you have veteran quarterbacks in the room with young quarterbacks is so that they can learn how to be a pro, right? Like you, you want to have Joe Flacco in the room with a Zach Wilson That's a bad example. Cause based on how it worked <laughs> out, but like, that's my point is like, you know, you would hope that the veteran quarterback could instill some of the 
hard-learned truths of being an NFL quarterback on the young guy who's just new to the show and trying to figure it all out. So that's why there is a benefit to having him there. That doesn't mean you want that guy to be the starter, but he is kind of just one injury away from going in. So you have to gauge it in that way as well. Yeah, and I, I, I know that obviously last season was a lot of frustration for not just the team, for Saints fans in general. You know, every week uh, seemed like a different struggle for this squad. And not having that leader at quarterback, I think, was a a big sore spot, obviously. You know, it's not so easy to turn things around after you just had a wonderful, you know, run with a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Replacing Drew Brees, we knew was not going to be easy. And, you know, obviously we're seeing teams that are still trying to replace their starters from over the years. This quarterback position, as important as it is in the league, they're just not enough of them, which is wild. And I guess why the, the market, the price tag is so extreme. Right, like go ask the Patriots how they feel about their how their quarterback situation has gone in the last two years. They did draft a quarterback in the first round, and there are a lot of people up in Patriots country that would be like, "Hey, let's go with Billy Zabka or whatever his name is." Right, uh, it's B- Bailey Zappi. Sorry, I had to do it. Um, yeah, like it's not an exact science, you know, and it's a frustrating, frustrating situation when you end up with a quarterback that is not the guy because when do you make that decision like you spend a I don't remember where they got Mac Jones I think it was 14 or 15 but like at a certain point you do have to make a decision on whether he's the guy or not and if the decision is he's not that guy then when do you bench him um it's tough like Josh Rosen was a good example of like they drafted him number 10 overall yeah and then the next season they're like "Eh, yeah Kyler get in here um, they happen to have the number one overall pick, so that made it a little easier. And Cliff Kingsbury was the new head coach, but now Cliff Kingsbury's out the door. And so, where do you go from here? It's it's not it's not easy. It's not easy. And uh, the Saints are in the <laughs> same boat as a lot of other teams right now. I don't know if you've seen it, all. Uh, Sean Payton seems to uh, getting a little bit into it with some of the Denver media <laughs> early on, uh, <laughs> seeing on the Twitter sphere. Uh, just that one guy who is a troll. And the only reason I know he's a troll is because Sean responds to him directly. And it's happened multiple <laughs> times. And I, I, was, mean, I was surprised Sean even did respond. I think it was so he was he was throwing shade because Sean hadn't hired enough Coach, uh, coaches uh, Assistant yet. coaches, right. And he was like, there's only five coaches. And he was like, actually, we've, we've, six. We've, we have 15 hired and we need six to come in. <laughs> and it was like, we'll let you know when it's time. That's a typical um, Sean. We'll let you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, Jill. Yeah, well, you'll be the first to know. Um, I do think there is a really confusing parallel going on with the with the Saints and with the Broncos and with Dennis Allen. And so Sean Payton, who is Dennis Allen's former coach. Oh, this is going to get frustrating yes. here. Dennis Allen <laughs> is now the head coach of the Saints, and his former and his defensive coordinator is the defensive coordinator was the defensive coordinator for Vance Joseph, who is now the defensive coordinator for Sean Payton, who was succeeded by his former defense. It's, it is a, just a cluster. Yeah, that's like a whole inception kind of yeah. maze you're going to dig into. And the guy who replaced Sean Payton, <laughs> who is now the head coach of the Broncos, is the former defensive coordinator for the Broncos, who went to the Saints to be the defensive coordinator. <laughs> Anyway, it's and it it's, carries on. It's a lot of Broncos, Broncos ties these days. We're taking a break, and I promise when we come back, we'll finally delve into our most coveted mock drafts 1.0. 
after the break here on WWL Sports Talk with Jeff, Steve, and Charlie. Back in the mix, Sports Talk Friday edition. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak and Charlie Long now want to break down dum, our dum, magical dum. mock drafts that we painstakingly magical, huh? yes, we, we delve deep into by just going into the Pro Football Focus Simulator and seeing what would churn out for us. Uh, let's, I, I would like to say I did a lot more work than Steve. <laughs> did y'all get your grades? I, I, I ignore my grade completely because PFF is wrong. P, PFF is... <laughs> I got a B plus, so... <laughs> overall, that's not bad. Yeah, right, I'll take it. There, I will also mention before we get into this, there is a post on WWL.com. It does not include Charlie's because I didn't know he was doing one until... Uh, I, like, I got him late to the party. Yes, yeah, so next time we will have him from the start and I'll make sure he does more work. So my picks are a mystery. Yes. yes, so we don't definitely. know his. But we're going to go through, and so I'm not going to name all of the picks right. that were made. But there were, because there are a lot of them, but they are all in that post on WWL.com. So if you're curious how these boards developed, you can go check that out. And uh, it's you can also listen to the podcast, Inside Black and Gold. We broke all of these down and uh, either on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, check it out. It's WWL Sports on YouTube. But so, Steve, let's go through yours first. Okay. Uh, because mine's it, the messy one. In yours, the <laughs> one, thing worth noting so Bryce Young goes number two. Will Levis goes number four. Those are the first two quarterbacks off the board. The interesting quarterback is Anthony Richardson, who went number seven in your draft. Right. Um, and then you'll go. And then it took it took a while for C.J. Stroud to come and off the board. And then the Patriots took C.J. Stroud, which is interesting. We just talked about how the Mac Jones situation is not working out very well. Um, and then so they would basically be drafting his replacement. So in this situation – this might be a, oh, maybe the Saints can go trade for Mac Jones now. Like, that's an interesting conversation to be had if the Patriots do move on from Mac Jones and draft to C.J. Stroud. Anyway, going down, you ended up getting to number 30. And uh, why did you pick – name? say your pick and, and tell us why you got him. Yeah, I ended up going uh, on the interior of the defensive line. Um, Mazzy Smith from Michigan, uh, to me, a big run stuffer that this team – was sorely lacking this past season. I can't believe how far the the run D in total just dropped. Uh, just see a guy like Smith being able to come in right away, plug in there, be a space eater. I uh, would like to see him develop more of that pass rush ability, but I think he's someone that could be a solid anchor on that D-line for a couple years to come kind of deal. Gotcha. Now, let's just stick with the first rounds. So, uh, I don't even have Charlie's in front of me. He's just going to have to tell me who his pick is and why he made that Drum pick. Drum roll. Did oh, so I'm giving it right now? Yes, yes with the 29th pick yeah, and then so the draft, Charlie Selects. A guy that fell selects. down to me in this draft that I kind of really like because I saw him a couple of times in college, uh, Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid falls okay. to me at 29. I'm tired of the Saints not having good tight end play. I feel like tight end's a position of need. Juwan Johnson was fine as a red zone target this year. Right. But Dalton Kincaid is more of the type that stretches the field to the red zone, so to speak. So a mm-hmm. uh, guy that will get a bunch of catches, guy that's NFL ready. I like him a lot. Um, so that was my first pick. That's an interesting one. And, you know, it's funny because he was at the senior bowl, but he did not participate because he was dealing with an injury. So I don't ha- I didn't get to see him quite as much. Um, one thing is, so I was on a conference call with Daniel Jeremiah today, the NFL Network analyst for the draft, and he was talking about how he thinks this is the number, the, probably the best tight end or the deepest tight end draft that he's seen in a decade. And I almost think that because of that, I think that the Saints going tight end in the first round is unlikely because it's so deep. 
that you that you probably will be able to find someone later in the draft. But either way, Dalton is a good pick. Any of these guys would be good picks. Um, the guy I took is a guy who I don't think is going to be available, but he was available in this mock. And it's the same guy who went number seven in Steve's draft to the Raiders. It's the same guy who went number 18 in Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft to the Lions. And uh, that's Anthony Richardson, who was on the board at number 29. And we talked to Daniel about Anthony today on the call. And here's what he had to say about him. And making calls just around the league. The best way to do, you know, the quarterback conversation is talk to the teams that don't need one, and then you'll get kind of an accurate feel of just how they evaluate him and what they think. And Anthony Richardson is the, you know, the second quarterback for several teams that I talked to. And, and we can look at the numbers and, you know, I it doesn't look great on paper. And you look at the accuracy and this, that, and the other. He's got elite, elite arm strength. He's a rare athlete. You don't see quarterbacks, you know, running away from LSU with 80-yard touchdown runs. Like, he's got big time, big time ceiling, big time ability. And, you know, you can find the games. If you want to fall in love with Anthony Richardson, you pop on Utah, you think he's the first pick in the draft. Um, even Missouri, he makes some big time plays in that game. So, you know, I know it's a little bit of a roller coaster. I know he hasn't played a ton, but teams are starting to look at some of these quarterbacks as lottery tickets. And this one has the biggest payout. So that's why I think you're going to see Richardson go pretty high. The reason I had him there with the Lions is I think sometimes when you have that those two picks, I almost, you know, I say it's a luxury because you're trying to get good players. But when you look at the landscape of the NFL right now and you look at, you know, the high, high end quarterback play, you know, this gives you an opportunity to, you know, take a shot on one of those guys who could be that, you know, he's not at that level right now, but ceiling wise with, with him and Jared Goff, his ceilings, you know, immensely higher. Jared's a, is a, is a solid steady player right now. He's playing winning football. Um, but I think there is a ceiling on him. This, you know, with Anthony Richardson, you don't have a ceiling. So that's why I think you'll see him go. But I don't think, you know, in, in making just calls over the last couple of days, I don't even think he'll get there. Yeah, and so that's why he's on the board. I'm taking him at 29. I don't expect him to be on the board at 29. But right, once it's not I, your fault. Once I saw him, yeah, I don't. I didn't make the board. Like, like again, if you want to complain about the board, go complain to Pro Football Focus. I just did what they, you know, I just went with what they told me, and he's on the board. I'm taking him. And if I'm the Saints in that situation, I'm doing the same thing. The question is, at what point, if the Saints do think he's the number two quarterback in the draft, as Daniel Jeremiah said that he found teams that felt that way, which means that they think he's either higher than Bryce Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, um, will they trade up? You know, if if they think they have to get ahead of maybe the Ravens at 22, maybe it's worth it. But either way, uh, I think that there's only a couple quarterbacks in this draft that I really think the Saints have a chance at A, and it would be worth going all in on, and he's one of them. That's interesting to, to see what will happen, obviously, because we know the story of – what happened with the Saints and Patrick Mahomes? Is there going to be a quarterback in this year's draft that they might feel as strongly about trading up for? Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think the way the way Dan Jeremiah put it was interesting. It's like, yeah, if you view a quarterback as a lottery ticket, his is the, has the highest payout potential, and I agree with that. Um, so let's let's move on to the second round. Your the the guy you picked, you know, we're not going to go through the entire board again. Right. You can find that on WWL.com if you want to look at it. The guy you picked, I would be surprised if he is there, just like I was surprised to see Anthony Richardson around. Uh, who is it, and why'd you take him? Yeah, and I was actually a guy that I had considered uh, taking with the 29th overall pick in Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida. Oh wow, uh, a huge huge need, obviously, for this Saints on the offensive line. 
and just think that you know reading reading about him uh, I love that one article called him basically the human steamroller and I definitely want to see that for uh, not only just helping block in the passing game but the Saints need a road grader up front and to, to help with this uh, the rushing attack last year that mightily struggled and I think Osiris Torrance would be a big get for them uh, obviously number 40 I don't know if he'll be there uh, I considered like I just said to you before cons- even taking him with the 29th pick and was really surprised when he was there with 40 so had to jump on it yeah, well, in my in my mock, I, I put down the players that I was most tempted by at, yeah. at 29, and he was going to be, if Anthony Richardson wasn't there, he was going to be the guy I was going to take, and he went the next pick hmm. to the Eagles in my mock draft, so that's probably a more realistic spot. If you want him, you're probably going to have to take him at 29, and I, while it might annoy people to see another interior lineman drafted by the Saints late in the first round, I think it would be a really good pick, another senior bowl guy, um, just for the sake of uh, getting this getting through this Steve then went on to make the homer pick of Tajay Spears out of Tulane a great pick in my opinion in terms of like I really want him on the Saints probably a reach in the third round but I'm not going to complain about it and we were kind of talking off mic before going on air about our you know draft grades I don't recall exactly what I ended up with but I do recall yeah PFF (laughs) gave me a D minus for taking Tajay Tajay Spears with the 71st overall selection yeah just from seeing Obviously, his development at Tulane, uh, the Saints' massive need at the running back position. This was definitely, you want to call it my homer slash need pick for sure. Yeah, and I I was tempted in the third round too, but (laughs) I kind of landed on the idea that he was going to be available in the fourth if I wanted to take him, and he did not go in my mock draft. Um, In the second round, I went with a defensive tackle for the same reason you went with Mozzie Smith in the first round. I went with Baylor defensive tackle Siaki Ika, who kind of because kind of need meets value. You do need to beef up the interior defensive line, and so that does it for me. And then the third round, and this is why I, I mentioned Charlie that I think you could get really good value at tight end in this draft, but you don't necessarily have to do it in the first round. And that's because at seventy one or seventy two, whatever it was, I was able to grab Darnell Washington, the gigantic tight end out of Georgia. And I don't use throw that around lightly. He is a behemoth of a human, even at the tight end position. And the only reason I think he's going in the third round is because he was on a team with Brock Bowers and he is probably the best tight end in America. Um but this is a guy who can get on the field immediately because he's gigantic and can definitely block. hard not to find him, right? Yeah. And when you when we talked to Dennis Allen at the end of the season, one of the things that he pointed to specifically that he felt like this offense needed to get was a premier contested catches guy. Well, when you put a 6'7", 265-pound dude out there on the field, contested catches get a lot easier. So I think that would be, you know, if you compare Anthony Richardson and Darnell Washington and then you beef up the interior defensive line, I love that combination of a, of a top three pick mock draft. So that's why I went with that. Darnell Washington reminds me a lot of a guy like Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Just a huge target in the middle of the field. And a lot more athletic than you'd think. Yeah, uh, just kind of looking at him. Yeah, but Brock Bowers, I mean, that's that's the headline guy. We were talking about Kyle right. Pitts had gone fourth overall just a couple years ago. Brock Bowers is going to be He'd right be up there. He'd be a first-round pick if he came out this year. Oh, yeah. He's not eligible. <laughs> um, my second-round pick, I went with the local guy, B.J. Ojolari, okay. in the second okay. round. Okay. I, I felt like it was good value at pick 40. Guys, I would have taken Osiris Torrance if he was there at 29 in a heartbeat, but he went like he 20 in my mind. Okay. Yeah, he went really early, but I, I agree with you, Steve. That's a great pick, especially in the second round. I, I think he's a lock for the first, though. And then uh, third round, you know, this was one where I was back and forth. I was maybe considering taking Devon A-Chain out of Texas A&M, mm-hmm. getting, addressing that running back position. But I just went ahead and took Hendon Hooker. 
you know, uh, there he was there in the third took, round. It would be wrong if one of us didn't take it. I know. Exactly. Someone had to, right? But I took ten, the chance on the Tennessee quarterback. This is the situation where you bring back Andy Dalton and then just uh, get Hendon Hooker up, up up in the wings and have Dalton be that bridge guy. But Hendon Hooker at pick 71, um, I felt like it was pretty good value so there. So you want to see Andy Dalton throwing to Dalton Kincaid. There we go. Interesting. Interesting. Both you guys are interested uh, that – Tight end was a an early obviously get for you in this uh, mock draft this go around. What does that? What what are your feelings on Adam Troutman? What are, what does this team do with him? How, we haven't seen much of that development of anything uh, in the three years now he's been in black and gold. Troutman's lack of development is why I took a tight end in the first round. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think you hope that you, you pair him with a new tight ends coach in Clancy Barone, who I think. You know, there's a chance that maybe he can unlock something in Adam that you haven't seen. But Adam is under contract for one more year. I think he's a reliable blocking tight end, right? Like, in the sense that, you know, Josh Hill was a guy with a big role in this team for a long time. I think that's kind of where he's landed. And you have Juwan as kind of that move tight end. Taysom Hill is not a tight end. He doesn't even get used in that role. Yeah, we don't call him that, right? And so, like, I think you kind of – I think you're just trying to find another asset that you can put there. And, you know, you're probably not going to bring back Adam after this season and, and that's kind of where you're at but I agree with that yeah it was just one of those guys that you were thought was going to have that third breakout year I guess you were hoping at least yeah, I mean that's when you wanted <laughs> to see it right and yeah just never never really came to fruition I know he suffered a concussion early on I think it was against the Green Bay Packers in preseason uh he and, was in the concussion protocol I don't know if he ever had a concussion but yeah yeah that was and I just with. noticed that practice though during the entire year he was one of the few players that still kept those uh, koozies on your head. I don't know the best description for yeah. the, the, the... The guardian caps. The guardian the caps. Mushroom yes. yeah, the mushroom heads. Yeah. Uh, but, but I just thought that was kind of interesting that he would still wear that in practice. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was because he was dealing with the concussion protocol and that was... But like the entire yeah. season, even. Maybe he it, just likes it. Eric McCoy said that he loved him. Even, like, as a center who banged head against, heads against people all the time, he just said he likes him, so he wore him too. We're gonna, we like Corey and Jimmy who are hanging on the line for us right now in the Oaken Heart Jewelers talking text line. We'll be coming back for mock them after success. the break. Thanks Absolutely. For through that. Can't wait for Mock Draft 2.0, whenever that will be. Coming back with more sports talk after this on WWL. Heading into the top of the hour, I want to quickly get to Jimmy and Gretna, who's talking about an event going on tonight that we haven't talked about yet. Jimmy, how's it going, man? Hey, look, hey, I'm in the demographic in New Orleans who watched a lot of Chicago Cubs baseball down here because WGN was the only option if you like baseball, and we didn't have a baseball team. So, look, tie that into the Andre Dawson classic. Andre Dawson is in Gentilly tonight. Anybody who's a Cubs fan, you want to go meet Andre Dawson, go to the Andre Dawson classic. It's over there by UNO. Actually, UNO Baseball, guys, is on Major League MLB Network tonight. It's, it's rare that UNO Baseball would be on national TV, but, yeah, they're hosting a game on the lakefront tonight. It's on national TV, MLB Network, hosted by Andre Dawson. Andre Dawson Classic, check it out. If you're a Cubs fan, a UNO fan, whatever, you want to get a picture with Andre Dawson, go out to the lakefront, short notice, yes, tonight. <laughs> national right. TV. Bring your your Cubs jerseys, whatever. Get it all signed by the Hawk. That was his nickname, the Hawk. But, yeah, look, growing up in New Orleans, we didn't have a pro team, so we all watched WGN. We all watched uh, the Cubs. So that's why everybody does their Harry Carey impressions when they get drunk at the bars, you know? All right, Jimmy. Jimmy's hot tips here. We got them. I know there's a ton of Cubs fans, also a lot of Astro fans, too, because for a while at the, uh, the Zephyrs minor league team was affiliated with them, I know. 
I think Jimmy's gone. We lost him. That's all right. No, I mean it's a good it's a good tip. I mean UNO is I I I will admit we we forget about them at times, but you know that's they are they are a fun a fun ticket to go and you can get in there pretty cheap. So if you're looking for something to do, it's it's not the worst way to spend a Friday evening. No, definitely. And yeah, obviously when you have a Hall of Fame talent like Andre Dawson involved, uh, I, I'm definitely would love to check it out. Hopefully my kiddo gets a little bit. Above the weather, I'll say. Um, maybe we can what does go, that mean? Uh, he's he's not feeling too good right now. Above and, the weather almost sounds worse. You know, under the weather, would they it. say so. Yeah. I was trying to be. I think he would just be like at the weather. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. Um, Weathered. We, Average weather. Yes. Coming up next hour, we're going to be doing delving more into uh, Saints talk, and we'll be joined by Locked On Saints podcast host Ross Jackson. Um, always enjoyed uh, chatting with him about the black and gold, see where he stands uh, about the Saints quarterback situation. I wonder if he's pumped out any mock drafts yet. We'll see oh, if, sure, yeah. if he's got any thoughts on that 29th overall pick for the black and gold. Uh, Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak and Charlie Long here on Sports Talk coming back with more after this on WWL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.